Welcome to The Road Back to You. Looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram, I'm Suzanne Stabile. And I'm Ian Cron. And we're so glad that you're listening today. Welcome to our podcast. We're brand new to this and... Uh, so Not sure what we're doing. Absolutely have no clue what we're doing. So we've asked our friend Luke Norsworthy, a veteran podcaster. Right. And a good one. And a very good one. Oh, stop it, guys. To come and just... Actually, this is kind of a tutorial, like a live tutorial yeah. of how to podcast. We're with, learning as we go. As we go. Well, I am so excited to be here. I love both of you guys. You do great stuff, and I'm so excited for this podcast to be going down. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. Thanks for being willing. Yeah. yeah. So you guys uh, have a new book that's going to be coming out in the fall. The title is? The Road Back to You. That's what, right. What um, are we talking about in The Road Back to You? Well, the, the, the subtitle is uh, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery. So it's a book about the Enneagram. The Enneagram. Now, Susan, where, when did you get introduced to the Enneagram? Uh, about 25 years ago. Um, I was given a book by Richard Rohr, which I read, and then um, my husband is a former Roman Catholic priest, currently a United Methodist pastor, and he called Richard one day and said, um, hi, this is who I am, and my wife and I'd like to come see you and talk to you about these six or seven things, and uh, Father Rohr said, okay, come on. Nice. Yeah, so um, I learned it from him, and he encouraged me. Um, to work with it for a long time before I talked about it, which I did. How long did you go? Five years. Five years. And let me, can I just tell you something that for Suzanne not to talk for five years about something is really proof that there is a God. <laughs> that was a very big deal. I'm, I, the reason I still talk about that is because I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So then give a basic like uh, intro to the Enneagram for someone who doesn't know anything about it. The Enneagram is simply nine ways of seeing, nine ways of being, nine ways of responding to what you see. So um, it's old, old, old. Nobody knows exactly how old. Nobody knows exactly where it came from. What I know is it's true. Yeah, I mean, the, I, mean I guess supposing, you know, from a technical perspective, it's a personal typology, personality typology. It's a right, system like what's of, the Greek? You know Greek. Uh, Enneagram means what in Greek? Nine, nine, ennea. Yeah. Gramos meaning point or, or figure. I mean, so it's yeah. a... Yeah, so that's it. Yeah. So you get nine points. And we don't know where it comes from. We don't know the exact beginning. We have traces of it back. Way How, back. Way back. Desert mothers and fathers. Uh, we see some evidence in, in ancient Greek uh, writers in Judaism. You know, so it's, it's a bit of a mutt. Right, it, it emerges out of a, a bunch of wisdom traditions, and and I would say, you know, as a therapist, it, that it, there's a great deal of influence from modern psychology involved. Yeah. So, uh, Suzanne, you you heard about it from Richard Rohr. Uh, Ian, where did you first hear about the Enneagram? Well, it was uh, 1992. I was on a retreat. I was in seminary in Denver, Colorado, and at the center where I was staying, they had a. I found a copy of this book by Richard Rohr, which was the book prior to the one that most people have now, the Enneagram, a Christian uh, perspective. perspective. So it was the one before that. 
And I read it in the course of a weekend, like I swallowed it whole in a weekend. And uh, I was pretty hooked on it at that point as seeing it as an incredible tool for spiritual formation for, for, you know, for Christians. As someone who was in seminary, when you heard about Enneagram, what was your initial take? Obviously, you wanted to read so much about it, so you're interested. Uh, did you have... Uh, a concern about the Enneagram is something that like you'd never heard before as someone who was going into ministry? You know, I, you know, at the time when I read it, first of all, you know, Richard's a, a Catholic priest, and, and so that certainly gave it credibility in, in, in my mind. Uh, I happened at that time, though, to be in a conservative Protestant seminary, right? And I, I remember sharing with my professor, my theology professor, I'd read this great book on the Enneagram, and he got this kind of dark look come over his face as though I had said something, you know, like I was doing sorcery or like Christian astrology over the weekend or something, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but thankfully I didn't let that throw me off the, the trail of it, because I, as Suze would say, you know, uh, it's true, you know, it, it has the ring of truth to it. It's, it's not perfect, but it's a, it's a great tool for, for spiritual formation for for really anybody. Mm -hmm. So your background, you are a priest, mm -hmm. uh, you have training in counseling. Ca well, an Episcopal priest, just to be Do we have to specific. specific. Right. So Episcopalians, were they, uh, when you were going, uh, starting your church in Greenwich, is mm -hmm. that where your church is? Uh, at the time, were people using the Enneagram, anyone that you kn knew of who was uh, using that in their church? No, at the time I didn't. Um, I would say that, you know, I knew people within the Catholic community that were using it. Uh, I knew a lot of people in retreat centers who were using it, spiritual directors who were using it. Um, but I didn't know a lot of churches that were using it, not, not certainly as many as there are today. I mean, gosh, there's a lot of churches today that we find there's a tremendous amount of interest and desire to know about it. Mm -hmm. I teach in churches at least twice a month. Mm -hmm. One thing I would say to my way in was a little bit different in that I wasn't coming from a, a church professional position to learn the Enneagram. I am an adopted child, and that means that I spent my childhood aware that I didn't look like anybody. So since I was a little girl, I've been very curious as to how people behave because I dialed in pretty quick to well, since I don't look like anybody, I wonder if I act like anybody else. I wonder if I do things the way other people do them. And that would have, I thought, in my way of thinking then, given me a place or a sense of belonging. And I think that set me up all through the years until my late 30s when I started to learn the Enneagram and recognized then that we all act like one another in some ways. And there are people who act more like me than other people. So my way in was more relational, and my um, commitment to it now has to do with, I think our commitment to it in some ways has to do with desperately wanting the world to be a kinder, more gentle place. And when we're teaching, we guarantee that once you learn this, you'll be more compassionate. Whatever else you are, uh, may not change, but you will have more compassion. Yeah, I think the the other thing I love about it is that it, you know, I think a lot of people just in general, you know, we're just confused about why we do the things that we do and why other people 
think, feel, and act the way that they do. And I think we spend a lot of time trying to navigate our, you know, lack of understanding about who other people are. And I think it's very hard to truly love other people without understanding, you know? I mean, I think compassion built into it is an understanding of difference, an appreciation for difference, and just, you know, recognizing that all of us have, you know, our own, this may be overstated, I know you'd be surprised that I'm going to say something overstated, Shocking. but I think we all have our own kinds of prisons. I think everybody has their own sets of, you know, bars and things that keep them limited and, and, and you know, trapped inside of patterns and you know, repetitions in their lives. That do you guys them. ever, do y'all ever think about what you, who you want to talk to if, if or when you go to heaven? Like you want to have conversations with people. So like, I, I for sure want to talk to Paul because right. I got some questions to ask. Right. But I always hate to just take and not give. So I, I thought at the end of asking Paul questions, I might say, like, if you want to ask me a question, I know an answer to one of your questions. What do you think Paul should ask you? I think he should ask me, why do I do the very thing I don't want to do? Because he talks about it all through the New Testament, and so I, and I know. What is the answer for that? Because of his Enneagram number. What is he? I don't have any idea, but I know that the reason we all do the very things that we don't want to keep doing, like you have a new church, I do. and I bet you coming here you thought... You know, there are some things in my previous church that I did that probably just didn't serve me as well as they could have. So when I get to the new church, I'm not going to do those things. Mm -hmm. And I bet you're doing them. The, maybe. Most of them. Maybe. Yeah, you are, because we do the same things over and over. And the great question is, why do I do that? And it's because you've been behaving in that personality pattern since you were five. So what can the Enneagram do to change that? Show it to you. It shows you what you're doing, and you just have to, have to have a gentle kindness around, oh, look, there you go, you're doing it again. So I help people who don't even want my help. Mm -hmm. I exhaust myself just being helpful because of my personality to people who say, wow, I, I, I'd, I'd do all right next time if you don't feel like you need to jump in and help me. Hmm. Can, can you so, you know, let me, can I, I'm sorry. I just did a, a podcast no-no. I just interrupted the host. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? I guess not. But this is our podcast. This is really your podcast. So can I we can, interrupt each other? That's a given. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That's kind of an inevitable deal. Uh, you know, let's talk about personality for a second. Like, what is it? Right? Because I think there's a lot of people who, you know, say, oh, I know what a personality is, and then until you ask them to define it, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I can, I'm not quite sure. I'm all sidetracked now because there are rules. Y'all didn't give me any rules, and now I just learned you broke one. What's that? You interrupted the host. Are there other rules that I don't know about? She's not a rule Are you breaker. anxious about that? I am a little. Oh, well, we're gonna, let's, let's circle around to that. I can help you work it out. Okay. So personality, I mean, depending on the school of psychology you come from, but maybe one way of thinking about it is that it refers to a person's characteristic patterns of thinking, feeling, acting, seeing the world, it has to do with worldview, the way that we process information, among other things. And it also refers to these underlying psychological mechanisms, right? Those hidden things that we can't see that drive our behaviors, thinking, right? And, and uh, feeling, right? That things like motivations that we carry up from, from childhood, among other things. So, you know, uh, the personality is uh, a subject in psychology around which there is not 
a lot of agreement. There are many, many schools within psychology. And one of the things I love about the Enneagram is, is that it accounts for the, the complexity of the, of, the, of the personality and also the spiritual dimensions of personality and takes those, you know, kind of a beautiful synthesis of, of realizing it's about both, hmm. you know. So how does, it, how does it bring them both together? You said it's a synthesis of both. Yeah. Okay, so let's compare the Enneagram to other personality typologies like the Myers-Briggs, yeah. right? Or, you know, all the other big five or mm -hmm. various other sort of personality or traits. Let's, like the Myers-Briggs. That's right. probably one of the more popular ones. Right. What is the difference in the Enneagram than the Myers-Briggs? Well, I'm not a Myers-Briggs uh, expert, okay. so I don't want to say enough. that I am. But I would say this. What I do know of the two and what I love about the Enneagram is is that it accounts for the, for the, the fluidity and the dynamism of the human personality, right? Or, so in other words, that I, I find that a lot of times with Myers-Briggs and these other things that they're, they, they, they're more static. It's like almost, okay, here's your box, here's your four letters or whatever. Well, what the Enneagram realizes is that the, the human personality changes with or, or, or adapts within the course of a given day from healthy to unhealthy or average, you know, or, and that under stress it goes one place. And, you know, like for example, it, I feel pretty secure right now. I'm hanging out, I'm in America, I've just had lunch, we're in a nice room, I'm with friends. Now, if I were in a war situation right now, my personality would be different. Right. It's adaptive. So the Enneagram, once you learn it, really accounts, takes all that into account and um, in a way that I find particularly helpful to people as they move toward self-knowledge, self-awareness, which is critical, and toward health, right? Well, wholeness. Don't you think one of the things that we're just really trying to do is help people love themselves and mm -hmm. love other people and love God? Yes. And if you can eliminate some of the questions that you ask over and over and over about those three things, then there's a way for us to move forward in a more cohesive way with one another. And there's so much division everywhere yeah. that is determined by a lack of understanding and a lack of appreciation for the fact that we don't all see the same way. So I have a friend who teaches uh, significantly visually impaired children in the Dallas Independent School District. And she was going to have her first parent teacher conference. And an optician in Dallas told her that he could make glasses for each of the parents so that they could put them on and see what their children can and cannot see. And when they did that, it was a very emotional experience for everybody. She said everybody in the room was crying. The kids and the parents, and she was crying, everybody was. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think part of what we need to understand is that we see differently. So if, if, if um, I could ever have one dream come true for me professionally, and it's not gonna happen, it would be that we had nine pairs of glasses because there are nine Enneagram numbers. And everybody could try them on, and they could see how differently we all see. And then you just kind of take a deep breath, and you go, oh, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, that I think is so amazing. Like in marriages, like we work with people. I, I swear to you, every time, even this past weekend in Nashville, we, uh, we had 450 people in Nashville. Talk about people hungry to come figure out who they are, right, and who each other are. Um, what always amazes me is couples who walk out inevitably and someone will say, you just, you just in 24 hours, you just gave me 20% more insight into my spouse than I've had in 20 years. Right. 
And it's, I'm not fooling, it's not like we invented it. I mean, all we're doing is, you know, talk, teaching it, but it, it, that seeing the world through another person's eyes, to say, oh my gosh, I've always just assumed that you see the same thing I've always seen. I, I have this driver, actually, that I take from the airport that Susan knows, Tom. Yeah. Tom, the crazy driver. Yeah. And, and uh, he, he can out-talk me that time. Oh my gosh. So oh, wow. anyway, he says, to, he, you know, uh, uh, he's in a 12-step program, this guy, and he's always got words of wisdom for me every time I get in the car. Me he, too. He, and we were, I was talking about different ways that people see the world, you know, and he goes, you know, Ian, he's got this raspy voice. He does. He goes, uh, sometimes I feel like we're all in the same theater, looking at the same screen, watching a different movie. And I thought, that's it. That's pretty brilliant. In other words, yeah, we all are watching the same thing, but we're all processing it. And, you know, some people take it in at the level of thinking. Other people take it in the level of feeling. Some people, I mean, you know, the, there's a lot of different combinations of the ways that people do that. The Enneagram helps people see, but it is amazing how differently people take in the world. And once you take that into account, you're smarter. I mean, you're just smarter about and more loving and helpful toward other people. So I'm hearing this going, okay, I see the world different from the people around me. I want to be able to connect with them. I want to be more compassionate. I want to be more loving. How does the Enneagram get me from, okay, I know I see it differently. I want to be more loving. I want to see the way you do. How does the Enneagram actually deliver on that? So I'm going to start by saying there are five people in the room right now while we're doing this, and none of us see the same. And we are no longer good at giving other people time to explain to us how they see without arguing with them, hmm. without trying to get people to see the way we see, right? So in whatever way, and whoever did it, I don't know, literally I've taught thousands of people the Enneagram, and they find themselves in one of these nine ways of seeing in one of these nine personality types, people find themselves. And it's not perfect. It, everything that we teach doesn't fit you. But there are things that are so true that with the exception of one type, everybody else in the Enneagram gets a little bit uncomfortable when they hear their number because they know that's them. And some are so happy to know that other people see the way they do and experience life the way they, they do, they start crying. Some people laugh. Some people are so anxious to talk to somebody they love who they've misunderstood that they run out and call them. There's such good stuff that goes on around yeah. this very um, simple but complex way of describing nine different ways of being in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm, like I said already, I'm super excited you guys are doing this podcast. Big fan of both of yours. And so I'm really excited about what you have um, this teaching, the way that you can help people relate to themselves, relate to others. So is this podcast going to be a way for someone to tune in to go, I've never heard anything about the Enneagram before, and this is going to get me on the journey to getting to know myself? I think it's going to do that more, because I think, given what I know of, of Susan and I, um, that, you know, we're, we're, pre <laughs> we're pretty wide-ranging in our thinking and our interests, so, you know, I think we'll always be, you know, tapping the ball with the Enneagram and coming back to that all the time. But, you know, we want to see how it applies to the rest of life. We're interested in things like, well, what are we here for? Why are we here? And what, what, is the, what does it mean to be human and to interact with the world and with God and, and with ourselves? And so I think it's going to go pretty wide, you know. One of the most important questions I ask myself and that I offer to other people is, what is mind and do? Mm. 
Yeah. What is what is mine to do? What, what is What does that mean? It means why am I here and what is mine to do? Mm-hmm. And you need to know that so that you can um, connect to the gifts you have for doing what is yours to do. And I, I think that is a piece of the mystical but tangible grace and love of God is that there is something that is ours to do and knowing ourselves helps us step into that. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that has really helped me and, and some other folks is I, I remember when I first heard that, you know, nine types, I'm like, seriously, like nine types? Uh, that seems a little reductive to me. Uh, and, and it also felt to me like I was going to get pigeonholed. It just se- all seemed very simple and, and silly to me. And uh, if anything, it, as Sue says, it's, it's simple and, and you can get a lot from it without having to go diving too deep, you know, but I mean, obviously the deeper you go into it, the, the more you'll, you'll get from it. But there isn't really uh, nine types, really. There, there aren't, well, I should take that back. There are nine types, but the, I like to think of them as more like colors, right? So if you think about a type as being blue, mm-hmm. right, that there's just on the prism, there's an infinite variety of blues, right? There's, just go through a, you know, a Ralph Lauren catalog and look at their paint chips and you'll figure out how many blues there are or could be, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you're a, let's say you're a seven, that's blue, and I'd say there is no other blue on the, in that spectrum of seven like you. You are utterly unique, but you're still blue. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess for me, the Enneagram is just incredibly useful and when you get into typologies and psychology it's like i don't worry so much about statistical accuracy and research it's like just tell me is it useful and i don't know a more useful tool yeah it sounds great and i think this is going to be an outstanding podcast and i'm so excited you guys are doing it we are too we're really excited well people should tune back in there's gonna be plenty more good stuff yep say bye Susan. bye You've been listening to The Road Back to You, looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram. Our producer is Jim Chafee, and our engineer is Brad Bass. Our theme music is provided by the band Waterdeep from their album Moment, written by Laurie Chaffer. Please visit our website at www.theroadbacktoyou.com for news, more podcasts, and information on our public appearances around the country. And you can pre-order our book, The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery, at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And join us next time when we'll be with Luke Norsworthy of Newsworthy with Norsworthy. He'll be with us again to talk about the basics of the Enneagram. It'll be good.